Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're going to hide these beers inside of us. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert, is it Lewis or Louis? I don't even fucking know. Stevenson. I think it depends on how, how, uh, how French you are. Being. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, Bobby Lou Stevenson, <laughs> as he's known in some parts of the country. Uh, and someone's starting with a beer. R.L. Steinvinson. Oh, my God. No, yeah, it's almost that. the same person. <laughs> I was thinking this, that, too. This beer doesn't apply until the very end, but everyone knows the story. Uh, and I want to drink this beer because it's a very large boy. This is from Hoofhearted Brewing, and it's called All My Friends Are Dead. <laughs> <laughs> from drinking? Yeah. And it's good. It's an imperial coffee stout with... Hoof-hearted coffee, vanilla, hazelnut, and milk sugar. So do they like Dutch oven that coffee? <laughs> it's 13.5%. Ooh. So this is what killed all their friends. But not like Cirrhosis. this book where they died of uh, various British diseases, like being shocked. Or, or the many various characters who get trampled by <laughs> the little ape man. <laughs> yeah. Um, or caned. Yeah. This was the inspiration for Citizen Kane, I've heard. It's possible. I never have saw that. you? I have. Because do you remember <laughs> the part with the sled in this? <laughs> Just like Citizen Kane, you find out the big thing at the end. Everything gets revealed then. Yes, See? that's true. Everything. You find out the entire thing at the end. I said it was it inspired, it inspired Citizen Kane. It wasn't a remake. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual successor. As an educational podcast... Allegedly, we should say that that's not true. Any of that, but um, this is a Don't super put that in your papers. <laughs> you know what? I dare you to put it in. Say Nate told you to put it in there, though. <laughs> we have been cited in college papers. That's amazing. it has in, in plural in college research papers. Yeah, well, well, maybe one. <laughs> I, I could think of two people who have told me about uh, college class experiences in that's our plural. podcast. I, I think, think yeah. man, what are you mm-hmm. paying for? We're, we're building our academic credentials. By oh, drinking. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yes, and that, you know, famous uh, academic journal, beeradvocate.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a novella, so it's got a lot of hot Latin mommies in it. And it was <laughs> written in 1886, apparently over the course of like a couple of days that Stevenson had like a... I'm surprised it took that long. It, it, it had a fever dream. He was like a, he was an interesting dude. He was pretty wealthy um from like a pretty well-to-do family i think and he had you know like a fake 1800s illness like weak lungs so he just <laughs> had to, like seriously like yeah he, he just had to like constantly go to places and take the healing waters <laughs> or whatever the fucking bullshit medicine. that happened to have tropical beaches you know well yeah he died in samoa oh yeah at a luau no. years to get to back then he was only in his 40s when he died. He wasn't very old. Um, very weak lungs. Oh, yeah. He had tuberculosis. But oh. ultimately, I mean, I don't know if he was, I don't think you're born with that, right? <laughs> he had a congenital tuberculosis. <laughs> but he, had, he was a sickly dude who just like stayed in his bed all the time and occasionally sailed to the tropics. Just extremes. Yeah. But it must have been nice. I mean, that's one thing I noticed this in another book we read sometime around now. Um, 
Being a rich person in England in the 1800s must have been fucking awesome. Like, holy shit. Probably was just that... smelled a little less than everyone else. No, but like, like so much better life than everyone else. Like, yeah. I know like Jeff Bezos is going to like go to space and some shit because, you know, you, you could afford to go to space when you don't pay taxes. But he has <laughs> like, like his life is way better than mine for sure. But here, the difference between like being in the landed gentry and being <laughs> and a everyone, po- everyone else—it's else, like unbelievable. They're like, "I have a guinea for you if you'll give shine my shoe," and they're like, "I'll kill my mother for a guinea." <laughs> and then he's like, "Good, I have a million pounds and I'm bored." And then just like, <laughs> and a guinea is half a pound, by the way. I don't know if do they use is that do they use pounds in Italy? I don't know why they call them guineas. It seems very offensive. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's because it cost one for a guinea pig. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but you don't know that it's not true. I, I can't imagine that a guinea pig cost that much. It cost like a construction to, laborer's annual them. salary. They were from very far away. I don't. No one knows where they're from. They're from like Ecuador. They're from South America. Yeah. The Andes. That's very far away from England. <laughs> it is, yes. They had but lost you see, once colonies. you bring back a few, they're rodents. So they literally have a bazillion babies a year. That's so before we get too deep into true. the economics of <laughs> guinea pig <laughs> harvesting, let's get back to this this book because our conversations thus far has been as long as the book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the main character. So this book has the wrong main character. <laughs> <laughs> the main character is not Doctor Jekyll or Mister Hyde. It's a random fucking lawyer named. Utterson, Utterson, who the most boring man in the you world, will really never give a shit about. Yet he's the protagonist. He's the, you know he you see everything from his perspective. So that's the first thing wrong with the book. But anyway, so he <laughs> is just kind of like though for these old timey books. By the way, yeah, mm-hmm. they need a frame story. They need a reason to be like, here's why this story you're reading is happening, rather than just being like from the main character who you know clearly. Well, there'd be uh, no mystery. Or even just a fucking omniscient narrator. <laughs> also true. So basically, is this lawyer named Utterson, and he and he gets this thing. He sees a weird... No, uh, Utterson's his friend, friend his cousin. tells him, also who does not matter, and who matters in the book even less, yeah. <laughs> that, hey, I saw this weird, this like weird-looking guy trample a young girl. Uh, wait, what? And I made him, I made him pay a hundred pounds <laughs> to the, to the family, to the girls like you, but I also, but then I found out that the check spelled with a Q U was, uh, written by a man. I think, you know, a man named Dr. Jekyll, like, Oh, wait, that's weird. Why is this angry person paying his debts? And a hundred pounds was a lot of money back then. Probably equivalent to thousands of dollars today. It's like the GDP of Wales. It was an unbelievable <laughs> sum of money <laughs> to the average Londoner. Yep. And so uh, he's like, and it was written by not the weird, angry person who you find out is named Hyde, uh, but actually From that by, 70s show. It's that guy. You watch that 70s show? Fuck. You I would wear for it. He did way yeah. worse stuff to girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was trying to remember, like, is that him? Is he the one oh, yeah. who's in trouble now? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. It would never be Vil- Wilmer Val- Valderrama, please. He's <laughs> <laughs> a treasure. So it's like, oh, Hyde must be blackmailing 
Dr. Jekyll, because that's the only way Jekyll would pay this huge sum of money for this weird guy after he accidentally stepped on somebody, um, or less than accidentally. But he's you like four know. feet tall. Like how? How did he? He must have like pounced on her like a howler monkey. <laughs> how did he trample her? <laughs> and then and then they're all like, hmm, interesting. And I think uh, I mean we could talk about the themes of this book, but I think when they say blackmailing. I got serious vibes that they're gay lovers and this guy's making him pay to not say. I, I, and I've looked it up. I did not, I'm not the only person to get that impression. I feel like it's way too early for that in terms of what's allowed in literature. I have a feeling if that was even the implication that Victorian England was reading into it, this book would have been banned. It would have been like, there's no, this, this book is immoral, if, even, if, even by implication. Uh, I, I mean, I you could certainly read it that way. I I don't know if he wrote it that way. Listen to this pre- this and this paper from the College of William and Mary, and there, you know, they, they don't sound very gay. The homoerotic <laughs> architectures of the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Homoerotic architectures. What does that even mean? Is like, look at that veiny column. Like, what's like <laughs> homoerotic <laughs> architecture? <laughs> Well, a column is a phallic symbol. So. It's giving me a pillar. <laughs> but it's like, really, that's I that's that's just what I got. I don't know. I mean, in a book where it's all about like what is inside of you and you're repressing, it's a little strange that I'm the only one that came up with that analysis, and I'm concerned. But it's fine. I'm gonna go just do some man things later. <laughs> Like, drink a beer. <laughs> at the beginning of the uh, the letter he writes at the end, he does open up with, I was endowed with excellent parts. Well, then why did he need to blackmail him? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, he should have been paying him. The only guy should have been paying him. <laughs> he, was, he, had, uh, he had daguerreotypes of his penis he was going to send out to people if he didn't pay. <laughs> I don't know why I stood still for 42 minutes from the day <laughs> make those pictures. <laughs> right, speaking of being mad, I'm going to drink this. Very manly beverage here. <laughs> this is a hard seltzer. <laughs> so, you know, we find out later, because actually the entire book, you find out everything at the end. Even though you as the reader, listener, who already clicked on listening to this, you already know the whole plot, so we're not spoiling shit. I mean, we, we usually do, but I really don't think we're spoiling anything this time. We find out that there's, you know, Dr. Jekyll is taking a, a poison, like a potion, a magic bunch of chemistry bullshit, Tincture of some kind. Yes, and uh, and it turns him into Doctor Mister Hyde. When you call that an evil water, <laughs> that's what I would call it. This is evil water, pink pineapple, a pastry seltzer with pink pineapple. Which I'm not sure if that's a if that's a real thing, but it's not. This tastes like fruit, pineapple. It does kind of smell like pineapple, but I don't. And it does kind of taste, but the, the pink thing is kind of throwing me off. Is, is that like a candy? I have no idea what the fuck pink is. Like pink lemonade is a thing. I don't know what makes it that way. Is it grapefruit? I think pink lemonade is. I don't think it even Just ever pretended. <laughs> I don't think it ever even pretended to have uh, something like you know grapefruit in it. I think it was just like, oh, it's the 1950s. Let's you know, lem regular lemonade. We. <laughs> How do we make ourselves different on the store shelf? Pink lemonade. I know. Yeah, just, that's what that's my coloring. Guess. Nowadays, it's just food coloring. Back in the days, it, uh, pink lemonade was like adding other fruit juices. Apparently, there is such thing yeah. as a pink pineapple. Uh, you learn something every day. 
Is it a separate thing, or is it just like a, a larval pineapple? A larval. <laughs> Has it gone through its metamorphosis yet? It's, a, it's in the poo-poo stage. Yeah. It's not because it's shitty. No. I don't know. You can see, like, you buy pink pineapples, and they look like a pineapple, but when they cut it open, it has pink flesh. Mm. Do you know the middle of a pineapple can kill you? It's Is that, like, like tube in the middle? poison. Oh, I eat that every time. I don't give a shit. What? I eat the whole thing. If I cut a pineapple... You, like, you, get, you get a whole pineapple and cut it, you just buy it in a, in a can like a real American? <laughs> Sorry, I was... So I, much I, work. I want to support, you know, <laughs> taking over Hawaii. I'll, I'll buy more Dole products. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> They're probably the same. They come from the same place. They do. Like the, Hawaii is a state because of the Dole Pineapple Company. Yeah, and Nate has that? a history degree. It, Am is I it right? Guatemala, that's, a country that's because not, of Dole. It, right. I was going to say that's not even the worst thing that Dole, the formerly United Fruit Company, Bob Dole did. Yeah, <laughs> they did it with one arm tied behind their back. The United <laughs> the United States supported a right wing coup in Guatemala in order to take out somebody who was, you know, trying to nationalize all of the, you know... It wasn't even all of the land. It was all the unused land that they bought and weren't using. He was going to let them keep all the, all the banana land. And clearly, this guy was a communist, so I was like, quick, take them over. Anyway, we did that because Banana Sam, also known as the chairman of the United Fruit Company, was like, that's our land! We need those bananas. That's why Guatemala is still a p- politically pretty fucked up place. I really hope his name was actually Banana Sam. That's what everybody called him. Do you think that um, maybe he was trying to compensate? He's like, I'm going to throw over this government because he had the gayest name ever. The guy was named Banana Sam, and he worked for the <laughs> no, no, no. fruit uh, company. Banana Sam was the chairman of the United Fruit Company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, he's like, I'm the chairman. Head of the fruits, and my <laughs> name is Banana Sam, and it's 1950 or whatever the fuck year that was. Don't you think they would have uh, been like, dude? It was yeah, I don't know. It was 50s or 60s. A little coming uh, up a little strong. So it was the Kennedy administration. So it was okay. early 60s. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to the book. So later, uh, weeks later, months later, uh, sometime later, uh, yeah. there's a few time jumps. <laughs> Mister Hyde beats a guy to death. And leaves behind the broken calf of the broken cane that he used to beat the guy. And he beat Sir Denver's Keru. So clearly, because he's a rich person, he's going to be in trouble for this. Yeah, yeah if you'd like, beat you beat a poor person to death, they'd be like, who, who gives a shit? You give 100, Here's 100 pounds. pounds. Nearly murdering a girl, but. They, they do imply that he probably did a lot of other murdering, but they were probably of. Pores. Unstated vices is how it's described in the book. Yeah, unstated like two men living vices. in sin and the other one paying the other one to not tell anybody. <laughs> unstated vice. I'm telling you. Some, some it's vibes. De- it's, there's de- you could, it could definitely be that. It certainly could. If you're writing a paper on this, <laughs> try it. See if it flies. So because Utterson, Utterson knows that um, this... Mysterious Mr. Hyde character is connected to Dr. Jekyll. Utterson goes to see Dr. Jekyll and asks him, Hey, what uh do you know where we could find Hyde? Because he just murdered a dude. <laughs> and Dr. Jekyll shows him a note, and the note says, like, oh, it's from Mr. Hyde. And the note is like, Oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I Whoops. sorry, my bad, <laughs> you know. I didn't realize how good a cane that was. <laughs> But then later, 
it's realized that the handwriting is very similar to Dr. Jekyll's. So, like, oops. Hmm. Well, that's, we, uh, we uh, skipped that's suspicious. The at the beginning. Like, he knows that Jekyll knows him also because he is a, Utterson's a lawyer, Jekyll's lawyer, and Jekyll's left his will with Utterson saying, like, if I disappear for a while, give everything to this Edward Hyde guy. And he's like, that's weird. And then he finds out who Edward Hyde is. And he's like, that guy is mean. Jekyll's like, dude, chill. As if is it is it as if he's afraid that he's going to become Doctor Hyde, uh, Mister Hyde, oh, forever? <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Uh, this works on two levels. This one, this is oh forever by other half or D D H O forever by other half. And literally, it's like hologrammed the uh, the the label, so it's almost impossible to read. It is. Just like Eight. the darkness in a man's heart. Eight <laughs> percent alcohol, double dry hopped IPA. It's very, very nice. I very much approve. We had talked about doing this book a long ass time ago, and I was hoping that one day we could finagle our ways into recording at other half. And I was like, "This is the perfect book to do there." We can just do the novelization of twins, like we also planned. That's <laughs> only on Patreon. <laughs> Which we should mention that, by the way. Thanks, patrons, for these beers. If you or your secret other half really likes the podcast and wants to support it, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club and uh, become a patron. In exchange for that, we'll get all sorts of cool things your way, like merch, exclusive content, voting in our monthly book poll, shout outs. And if you re- recommend a book there, we almost certainly do it. If you're not a patron, we usually do it. So, you know, something to keep in mind <laughs> if that's your thing. And if both you and your secret other alter ego both want to become patrons, that's also fine. You could do that, too. You can make two accounts. We won't Nate stop you. We will say two names, even if they're <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, just tune into our next book poll episode, and you'll, you'll hear. But back to this book. So Hyde has gone away, uh, supposedly. And then two months goes by, and everyone's having a grand old time. Uh, Jekyll's having parties and being the, the cock of the walk again. Everybody's loving that he's back in town and not being such a bummer. Uh, but then he goes all emo and decides to just shut himself in again. And then suddenly, their third friend, the other most boring man in England, Mr. Lanyon. Dr. Lanyon. Dr. Lanyon. He's a doctor of something. I don't know. He, uh, d- does Utterson go to see him and he's like, you look like shit, dude. He's like, yeah, I'm going to die soon. I saw something real spooky. And he's like, that's messed up. I'm glad we invented medicine. Like, no, we it's haven't done that yet. second leading cause of death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm a doctor and know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Got a bad case of ghosts. <laughs> I think of another dumb old timey disease you could have. You ever saw that old internet picture where it was like, old-timey doctors is, uh, I don't know, man, you got ghosts in your blood. Do some cocaine about it. <laughs> uh, I, I started typing ghosts in, and then it auto-corrected <laughs> to ghosts in your blood. Oh, that's from like, <laughs> that has to be like a Married to the Sea Yeah, I think it's cartoon. Yeah, you got ghosts in your blood, you should do cocaine <laughs> about it, yeah. That was the medicine back then. It was just like, you know, shoot him full of coke. He doesn't die of, you know, the disease, he'll die of the coke. Sweet. Maybe that was Dr. Jekyll's problem. He was just coked out and turned into a 
yeah, maybe this is maybe it's not about being gay. It's about being a cocaine addict. <laughs> I really thought. I mean, I, I halfway through, I was like, oh, this is about addiction. Oh, this is really dark. Ooh, mm. oh, they didn't really know what addiction was back then. So it's just a failure of though, will. <laughs> alcoholism was certainly familiar, but opium was around. Was a thing, though it didn't oh, turn yeah. people into murdering. You know. Like angry, murdering, murdering midgets. <laughs> but it was highly addictive. It does say, Mr. In, in, in page one, Mr. Utterson drank gin, as mentioned. So there's, they were, they were familiar with the devil's... Libations? Uh, the, liba- the, the Libations are like a, a toast, right? Yeah, it's like a, you pour, when you pour one know. out. Is it? Oh, yeah, okay. it's sort of like, technically. It's oh, like so a, for, for Tupac, you give libations. Yeah, when you pour okay. one out for potentially a homie or... <laughs> Uh, you had to lie patient. <laughs> so uh, Lanyon gets the spooks to death. He dies of being spooked. And he leaves a note for Utterson. And uh, he's like, don't read it. And then the second half of the book is basically one letter and then a second letter. Th- boom, that's the end. And and it's, it's fucking boring. Well, yeah, they have okay. a bunch of adventures where he goes to like try and rescue Jekyll. While Mr. Hyde is taking over, and the servants well, that's like, the say, first like, letter. Is that all the right? letter? Oh, oh no, no, no. Letter. There was a little bit about oh, we need to go find this person, and they like uh, yes, something about servants like doing some other things. And man, they had they try to rescue him because they think that Mr. Hyde is taking over Doctor Jekyll's house, and they don't like it. And they're just good servants who want to serve just the right guy with their lives, but not this mean guy. Very Cause loyal because that's, that's their place. <laughs> And then they find Mr. Hyde dead, wearing Dr. Jekyll's clothes, but because they don't, but they don't fit him very well. Because he's a little homunculus fucking thing. Like, he's a little dwarf man. And he's ugly, but no one can say why. And they think, they think that Mr. Hyde just killed himself um, because he was so ashamed, I guess. Because he had transgressed society. I don't know, some stupid Victorian moral thing. But anyway, they think he <laughs> died of shame. They, they think he killed he himself. He saw a woman's ankles. But then... <laughs> and he masturbated once. That's it. Burning hell. Must end it now. Okay, so they then they discover two letters. First letter is from Dr. Lanyon, and then the second letter is from Jekyll himself. So Dr. Lanyon's letter says that... I got, earlier today, I got this weird letter from my old friend, Dr. Jekyll, who was desperate for help and said, and no, and said, uh, if you don't help me, things will be really bad. I don't know. The fucking letter went on forever. And then he's like, just meet my servant at midnight. It was something like that, right? Oh, yeah. It was just like, meet my servant at midnight. So I did. And when I got there, I was like, what, what? What what's there, sir? And and <laughs> please. And then he sees uh, finally. But that weird servant person was actually Mister Hyde. And then sees Doctor Jekyll transformed into I him. I think he sees the other way around. He sees Hyde turned back in. Doc, it doesn't turn, matter. Turn into Jekyll. No, it doesn't. And then the, the note tells him to get like his drawer full of uh, alchemy supplies. So he can make a potion to to uh, change back, because for some reason Hyde can't get it. I think he might be too short. <laughs> it's on the top shelf. I, th- I think I think that's really what it was. It was like, why well, just get a fucking ladder? Just, 
they hadn't invented they hadn't invented reacher grabbers you know at that time <laughs> i can't find the like step a dinosaur stool had my, one. Yeah. <laughs> my servants aren't here for my step stool to be fetched but he needs like old timey medicines must be like i need essence of smoke and <laughs> like what, what was that potion that turns like what could they have put into it oh and they used Mercury. the frankenstein style potions where they were just like it's a potion of many years of practice and ideas and i was like okay so you're not going to tell us you're going to even bother making some fake science up it's it's like uh also we saw in the invisible man you know oh it's yeah just, <laughs> it's, it's through science potions where the guy's like i just keep mixing things and eventually i'll figure it out it's like a like an 11 year old boy doing science this was the the compound that makes your evil half isolated i was like what is that that might be cocaine i don't know <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, and then Dr. Lanyon like writes this letter and then dies, you know. And so uh, they the first they read first Otterson reads the letter from Dr. Lanyon, seeing all that thing, and then sees that there's another letter. This one is from Dr. Jekyll. You forgot the you forgot the first letter in this chain though, because when they found Mr. Hyde dead, there was a letter there saying, Read Lanyon's letter. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but it's like, but that guy was dying of shock, which should be a quick death. But he writes No, it gave pro- him shock cancer. A pro- <laughs> he has to write him to write a prolonged letter with a fucking quill and a bottle of ink. You can write like four letters before you have to dip <laughs> that shit again. He, he lived for weeks. It, it's he how long it him, to write that to one him, letter. He's like, I saw a spooky thing, and then he dies weeks later. Did not like it. <laughs> anyway, the, the the important part is Hyde's letter. It's uh, Dr. Jekyll's letter where he says that he had been experimenting with chemicals in his Men. laboratory. And he, <laughs> and he had invented this thing that allowed him that, you know, he invented some potion and he drank it and he turned into Mr. Hyde, which allowed him to... Uh, what is the what is the term for again? Oh, indulge his unstated, indulge his vices or oh, unstated yeah. vices because it doesn't actually tell you what they are. So use your imagination of what telling you what it was. of what vices you might be in doing in Victorian England. Being nice to the poor <laughs> <laughs> for shame. Okay. So and then, but he could, but Jekyll was like, I can, you know, go out and do bad things. I don't just put on a leather jacket. I can just go out and do bad <laughs> things. And they didn't have no one will know, and no one will know. And then I will and then after a couple of hours, I or a day or two or whatever, I turn back into myself and it's all nice. But then eventually but but somehow uh one day I woke up and I saw I looked down at my hand and I saw that my hand was not my hand. It was Mr. Hyde's hand. It was really hairy. I've been masturbating way too much. <laughs> no. My vision's well, going next. I needed to visit. I clearly need to visit more prostitutes. <laughs> That's the answer. Though, <laughs> so, you know what? Syphilis also turns you insane. So maybe this is actually a metaphor for syphilis. It's relapsing, remitting syphilis. Just exactly. days at a time and you're, then you're fine. Throw a nice party. 
kill a prostitute the day next and like, it was, that's fine the 1800s like that you took some sort of med- med- treatment which is like you know drinking lead or something <laughs> <laughs> like, well that will oh that will drink stop a the bottle disease. of mercury <laughs> yeah mercury, drink a bottle of mercury. That, was that a treatment for syphilis at one point it was a treatment for almost everything <laughs> it looks like magic when you have it so it makes sense frightening <laughs> um they probably had you know like other poisonous things in it so it's like not even just mercury Anyway, so uh, Mr. Hyde, so Jekyll says like, oh, and then eventually I realized I was just, I, I was just turning into Hyde randomly and I, I killed that other guy because I had, I had tried to stop being Mr. Hyde for so long, but you know, my inner demons were repressed for so long that when I eventually turned into Mr. Hyde, I was, couldn't control myself and so I had to kill that guy. Something like that. Like, oh, my inner, I didn't indulge myself. Anyway, this, there are many, this could, this could go interpreted, this could be interpreted in many ways, depending mm-hmm. on whatever vice you're uh, going with. But anyway, and then eventually he, he realized that the, the chemical, the serum that he had mixed up, he couldn't make any more because one of its ingredients had run out and it was like salt. It was like that special salt. It was a um, salt, which a salt, I guess was right. like a category of old old diseases where it was like or old chemicals. Where it was like, it's just technically technically salt isn't just sodium N-A-C-O. chloride. It's like anything from that column combined with anything from the other column. So mm-hmm. like any com- combination of those two things will make a salt. So what if it was bath salts? That's why he that fucking trampling. He would just take a bunch of bath salts and then, you know, <laughs> this? go out on the town for a few days and like wake you up and was like, I'm going to do a charity ball. Man, I just ate a bum's face. <laughs> and if you set this story in Florida instead of London. Yeah. It's totally that, that's, it makes a lot more sense now, actually. If it was set in Florida, it wouldn't even made the news, though. <laughs> just like, nothing important happened today. Just another normal day here in St. Petersburg, wherever the fuck we are. Not St. Petersburg. What is it? St. something is fucking... Oh, St. Petersburg. Yeah. That's Florida, right? Yeah. I think it's where my brother was. I don't know. I've so <laughs> he realizes that he will eventually stay as Mr. Hyde. Oh, forever. And so he writes out this letter, which is the letter everybody's reading, and he says like, oh, wow, yep. This sucks. And then he dies. <laughs> Boom. Actually, the last words are... And that's the end of my life, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's stupid. It's like here, then, as I lay down the pen and proceed to seal up my confession, I bring the life of that unhappy Henry Jekyll to an end. Much as I don't know, it's, I didn't even need to read that. What was a dumb. Jekyll okay. off. He was unhappy because he couldn't just kill prostitutes as himself. It's about following your dreams. <laughs> that's <laughs> well. You know, one thing I th- I think that makes this book. Uh, so famous and, and enduring is that it is open to a million interpretations. And as time goes on, like more kinds of even, even things that it is unlikely he could have even intended. You could read into this, like the addiction thing. Like, I don't know how much he would have, like how much people really thought of addiction, like those same modern sense we have of it now, 140 years later. I mean, I can only assume like people when when society is starting to like first hear about and understand like a little bit like, oh, what is this a- addiction thing, though, not just to alcohol, but to other drugs, which, you know, because chemistry is getting more advanced and drugs are kind of being invented. Um, like wasn't 
heroin actually invented around this time? I mean, okay, maybe not, maybe not. But I mean, I mean okay, so opium u- using it, was already yeah. around, but it was definitely medically used, wasn't it? I don't know if syringes were invented, so maybe uh, you could, they were just pour it in their invented. mouth. You you could snort it. I'm told. <laughs> okay, so well, they anyway. injected the cocaine. So they must have had syringes. They had a lot. They had to figure out a lot of things about drugs. <laughs> they had it all wrong. <laughs> they just poured it in whatever open hole was there. Maybe it was about drugs, but then also it could also be about, you know, fucking Freudian psychoanalysis and people sort of unconscious desires. Absolutely, Freud, Freud was this. around this time. I don't remember when Freud was. Yeah, Freud was just around this time. I I think that's definitely part of it because it's all like. It, it his like base un what was it un, unspoken vices or whatever they they unstated vices that's like the shit inside of you that you suppress to be like a member of society it's a very hobbesian view of humans right like that we, we only um by by ignoring uh, suppressing these things is the only way you could function so he finds a way to like not to take away that safety valve to keep you from murdering all the hookers you see well i think it's not about Maybe, yeah, but I think it's about this particular guy because Utterson doesn't have that because he's the most boring man in the world. Just wants to go for a walk once a week and just be cool with that. But like, well, that's because they didn't have he didn't know that there was such thing as like being a foot guy yet. Like he, he probably had weird. Oh, things. he was a foot guy. He just didn't know it because yeah, he spent all the time up on his feet. He'd with never his cousin, seen like a weirdo. But all his friends are dead, so he only has his cousin left. Um, but Jekyll always talks about like how. He was this nice boy, and he was endowed with great parts. And he was a handsome man, and he was smart, and he was a doctor, and he was high-achieving, and everyone loved him, and he had a great time. But he wanted to do some freaky shit, and it haunted him. So he was like, I'll just make a, a drink that'll make me do all that without feeling bad about it. But I think he knew something was wrong with him, because it seemed like it was way worse than just, you know, carousing. I, mean, I don't the know stuff I, he did. I, I, another interpretation I think that's possible is that it's about Darwin, who was a, at this point very well known in the ideas like we are descended from apes, and the they constantly describe Hyde as this primitive half man, hmm. as if there's like within us is this you know the unformed. The lizard brain. The the the, the uh, what's the fucking word? And they use it too. Um, what's that fucking word? That's that song. Gotta get a woman. <laughs> Gotta get a woman. You know what I'm talking about? There's what? A, <laughs> oh fuck! Hold on. It, it's on the tip of my tongue. Ah uh, shit. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I know that. From I don't know you. the song. For me? Yeah. Hold on. I don't know the song. What well, you're talking about the word for like like atavistic? I know, I know the word atavism. No, I, I think uh, fucking cunt. Fuck. No. The term for the, what you're experiencing is called anomia. It's when you literally cannot think of, you like know the word, but you can't think of it. What if you forget that word? I get this all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> for some reason, I can always think of that word, but I constantly <laughs> can't think of like, what's the name of that guy, you know? Uh, anomia? Anomia. Anomia. When you can't think of the name. Okay. I, I, I'm oh, pretty confident sense. it starts with a P, but I can't. No. The way to think of it is actually to think of something, trying to think of something else. It will literally trick your brain into like making the right connection. Oh, Just saying love fool in your head over and over again. I was already doing that. That's how I don't <laughs> kill hookers. Uh, 
That's one. I don't have his drugs to suppress these urges. Okay, so another interpretation could be Nietzsche and his idea of Apollo and Dionysus. I don't know. What the I'm not a. Means. I don't actually know this a ton very about Nietzsche. Oh, oh yeah, definitely Jung. Carl Jung, who is also a who student old. of. <laughs> Fun fact. So old is I mean, he's old now. Yeah, <laughs> but he was also a student of um, Sigmund Freud. Anyway, so but Nietzsche had this idea that society has should have, or you could also talk about people, but society has a little bit of Apollo and a little bit of Dionysus. Apollo is the Greek god of like order and reason and things like and things like that. And Dionysus is the god of wine and dancing and partying and generally having a good time. And so that society needs a bit of both because if you go, you, you, you literally, you can't eliminate one or the other. You're going to have, you're going to have some of both. Or more like if you try and eliminate all the Dionysus and just have too much order and purity. I thought a meteor wiped out all the Dionysus. <laughs> Do you think that uh, St- uh, R.L. Stevenson uh, <laughs> was about talking about the Victorian times? Like, this shit's too uptight. You got to blow off some steam, kill Ogre every now and then. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that is an interpretation. Again, I don't know if that's the interpretation he, he, in it, he intended, but I think it could fit. Yeah. It makes, it makes more sense to me than the, the gay thing, just because of, of when this came out as an intentional interpretation or intentional also writing. At the, I don't know the word. At the time, didn't this come out right at the time of the Jack the Ripper, Jack the Ripper murders? Or did, um, was it just before? I think those anyway, were later. So, you think those were slightly later? I will confirm right now. Yeah, Jack the Ripper was after, it was a couple, like two years later. Two years later. Okay, well... Okay, so this isn't going to totally work out, but let's just say that he was worried about something like this. Jack the Ripper, who was never caught with literally murdering prostitutes, and it was always at least suspected or at least fictionalized that he was a rich dude. He was a rich, you know, important person, or at least that's why he was smart enough to get away with it, because, you know, he wasn't poor. But but Jack the Ripper was never caught, so who knows? No, No one knows, but... That definitely could have fascinated London. Maybe he was someone's evil twin brought about by chemistry. Fucking got the word. By pink grapefruit. Pineapple. Lemon water. Yep. Brings out the homunculus. Troglodyte. That's the word I was trying to think of. Oh, troglodyte. Fucking, you know that song? Yes. You totally know that song. I know the band, but I don't know what the song was. I only know they wrote a Christmas song. If That's... you had said caveman, I would have gone, oh, yeah, troglodyte. Yeah. Okay. Troglodyte was the word I was trying to think of. And there's that shitty song. Like, and the troglodyte went out, and he thinking, got to get a woman. Got to get the fucking terrible, terrible song. I don't know the song. I know you told me about this song when we were in high school, and you're like, dude, I heard this really dumb thing. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, I only know one troglodyte song, and it was their Christmas song. <laughs> the, the band is not called troglodyte. Oh, well, then I'm thinking of a different troglodyte. It's like, when he got tired of dancing alone, he'd look in the mirror. We got, gotta find a woman, gotta find a woman, gotta find a woman. He'd go down to the lake where all the women be swimming or washing clothes or something. Wait, he'd look around and just troglodyte, reach in. Troglodyte? Troglodyte's a song from like 1972. Oh, okay. Some old fucking garbage song that you will never, somehow has not made it onto the classic rock station. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine booked. why. 
Who does a song? The Jimmy Castor Bunch or something like that? Oh, sure. Yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, Castor Oil Bunch? I don't know what they're called. I just, I, just, I just found it. And the Jimmy Castor Bunch, you know, I have all their record. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jimmy Castor. He died in 2012. Oh, well. Best known for his such singles as A Bunch of Songs That Don't Have Their Own Wikipedia Page and his hit single, <laughs> Troglodyte. <laughs> well, I, back when, before when I was trying to remember it, there are lots of interpretations and in like that have to, you know, this time was like a really busy time for like intellectual activity, like evolution, the psyche, like Freud, like these thoughts, like were in the, in the air, so to speak. And, uh, you like know, Phil Collins in the air tonight. Yeah. <laughs> they were in that, in the air that night. And uh, I can't think of and the and the genesis of the story uh, was you know, I don't can't even connect was it actually definitely good versus evil that exists in all of us and Hyde was in his heart. He's like you can't hurry, love. Sometimes you just have to wait. Is <laughs> that Phil Collins? He did a cover of that song, like that. Oh, okay, like, like, that's Motown. an old song. But my my point is like all these like high minded things were around. And how much they might have influenced Stevenson, who knows? But they have certainly kept a lot of English teachers in business for the last <laughs> century and a half. Do you think people don't read this in high school? Do they? They should, though. They should absolutely. I should. would say it's they better should. than some except, of stuff. Except, I mean, yes, you have maybe. Except no. So the book sucks. Bad. The book does suck. But does it I, suck I, I kinda, more I than most it. shit you read in high school? No, it's way better than most high school stuff. But this has like very clear symbolism, right? Like there's so many interpretations that you yeah. could go with that it that, that you could have a fun time like we are right now talking about what does it really mean? That even high schoolers might even have ideas about what it means. Everything like you could make it about I mean obviously we've been we've been saying we don't, we haven't said it directly but like class is a huge issue too, right? And like what's the big thing when he fucking kills a dude? It's the broken, like, walking stick. That's, like, a, like a gentleman's thing. Like, there's, you know, he uses that, to, like, the, there's, there's these discrepancies there. But, you know, he kills, like, the poor person, doesn't matter. He kills, the, he kills the rich guy. That's a problem now. He tramples a child of a poor family and just buys him off. And everyone's like, this is fine. Yeah, but, like, oh, it's cool. We have nine more. But he breaks his cane, and only fucking rich people and newspaper magnets from Orson Welles films have canes. It's just Everyone cane else joke. limps. Um, yeah, they're big limping. So here's why this isn't a good book, also known as why you really shouldn't have kids read this, because they will be so fucking bored that even though it's short, they won't get through it. Okay, so the first problem is, as I said before, it has the wrong main character. Or more like if the book was written today, Jekyll would be the point of view main character. And it would be about his struggle about, you know, wanting to indulge his inner demons, whatever those may be, verse, and then turning into this thing, but being horrified when he wakes up that like, what did I do? Oh my God. And you could be a me- still be a metaphor so for like many memento. different things. So, but, by making, but by making him the main character, the main point of view character... You feel for him and his like inner struggle, but instead, it's the fucking dumb lawyer who does not matter and who has no story or personality of his own. So that's the first problem. Second problem is 
unlike other even mystery novels, like even Sherlock Holmes, which had had come out by this time, or maybe the first one, maybe it hadn't, but there are only a few parts of the story or a few clues even discovered until the end where it's like, okay, first read this letter, then read this letter, then the, then read this letter, and that's what happened. And it, instead of just discovering a couple of the clues in each chapter and then having to use put those clues together to find the next couple of clues and then putting those clues together to find this thing. It's just, I mean, which is the way mystery novels or thriller novels are written now. It's just more interesting. It's, it's, they do it that way today because it's been determined that this is a more interesting way, engaging way to write a book. Anyway, those are the main problems with the way it's written that I see. I agree those make it really boring to read by today's standards, but that's the way most, if you read any other like mystery-themed thing, Sherlock Holmes came out the year after this is the first Sherlock Holmes book. Okay, well, he should have waited a year and <laughs> taken some clues. <laughs> but the first taken Sherlock Holmes book sucks too. It does. It has, the Sherlock Holmes, the first Sherlock Holmes has the same problem, yeah, where they they catch the guy and then the last 25% of the book is the guy saying, okay, so here's what I did. And then it's talking about Mormons in Utah for like, you know, <laughs> 50 pages. Oh, God. See, and technically, so our episode on Sherlock Holmes hasn't come out yet, but... It might have by the time this comes out. I think it yeah. will have. Probably. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I actually do. I like this book. Uh, I, but I do, I do agree that those are absolutely problems with how it's done. I, I think that... From his perspective, it would have been a completely different thing. I don't know if he would have until he got, until Hyde beat the rich guy to death. Jekyll never felt bad, as far as we know. Like he did this on purpose. Like, yeah, I love it. But he only it's, he it's only got upset because he didn't want to get executed. Yeah, I mean, you can't kill him. He's attached to me. It's like my angry twin <laughs> or evil twin. Uh, oh. Is that a term? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're the twin. I don't know. Is that what you guys say? Oh, yeah, that's true. No. <laughs> <laughs> that means the other one says it. <laughs> I was just saying because you have an evil twin. I beard. know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn. I'm not, we are literary, literary-minded gentlemen here. <laughs> In a different time, we've been gentlemen of leisure and hung out on the, on the moors of, of England. Yes. Oh, God, not the moors. The moor sucks. The more suck. Jekyll and Hyde sucks. It really is not fun to read at all. And yet it has lasted forever. It's a great story told badly. Yeah. The things that came from it are more interesting. Or just, you know, more modern, really, is what all it is. It's more modern. I would just say of, of many of the classics we've read, this is short and relatively painless. I think of all the classic things, like, there is value in reading old shitty books, even though they're not always fun to read like there's something to be got from many of them i'm not saying this one is one of those books that you must read but it could introduce a audience a reader to the older timey language in a way where like everything could be interpreted some way there's not a lot of i mean it is not great but like that's great practice for kids to read and interpret things and try to analyze and like what's the symbolism in this scene or can you what do you think this might mean? Whereas a lot of the other books they're so fucking dreadful and you don't know what's going on that they can't even get to that point of the reading process. So I think 
I would, if I were designing a curriculum for a high school student, I would put this in there way the fuck before like a tale of two cities or like what other shitty 19th century English books they made us read. I haven't read that as an adult yet. It's on our list that we just keep ignoring that part of the list. Like, <laughs> no, because it's old, it does have a lot of good SAT words in it. Like yeah. troglodyte. Is that book is not in this? No, it's not in this. That would have been really upsetting. If that was like, Mike, that's chapter nine. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so who should read it? Probably no one, I guess is what we're saying. No one needs to read it. But at least it's short. It's a classic thing. It's on the, you know, thousand and one books you should read before you die kind of list. Is it really? Of course it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, oh, Were well, they many just other like questionable choices. books they've heard of? Oh, yeah. Dude, can you think of a thousand books? A thousand books is a lot. A You're going to have to start you, putting on some things. You don't stuff. have to have read them. Just think of them. We'll put on this list and people will buy it. So I, uh, in my... Uh, mental illness uh, have a spreadsheet. I think you mean dedication. Dedic- yeah. With all uh, 1,001 books plus the books they've added to subsequent editions. So it's like 1,400 books or something like that. They don't even take old ones Jesus. off? I feel like they could like... Oh, they take they cycle it, out like the first... Like a living list. The first time that book came out, it had basically every Charles Dickens book on it. Hmm. And then they were like, maybe we don't need to have 10 Charles Dickens books. Maybe you only need to read like two of them. And we could make room for other, you know... Some maybe a woman. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe some women. Maybe some people who aren't white guys from the 1800s. So they keep revising every so often. And and then also, there's also an element of, you know, oh, the new edition came out. And then it's like, wow, seven books from the last two years are things I must read before I die. I don't really know if that's true either. But um, I have a, I have a, uh, the spreadsheet and I have it where I, I put a little thing in the column, and it, it tells me what percentage of the list I've read. So I'm, I was really glad that this was on there. I was like, sweet. What percent are you at? Uh, Ten. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I said, it's still time. like 140 bucks. I, I, I'm going to open it up right now. Uh, I, you know, I'll send it to you, and you could, you, could, you could update for yourselves. I mean, we've done a lot of them on the podcast, actually, at this point. I haven't done, I've done less than you, for sure. It has 12.91 on the list, and I'm at 10.07%. I downloaded 10. this, I found this somewhere, somebody made this, I did not make this on my own, I just added other books to it. But uh, some other, like, shit books that are on this list, Foundation, a book you should read before you die, suck my dick, no oh, you shouldn't. did that too. Oh yeah, Totally. Um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is on the list. Like that does not need to be on the list. The, the, the book they made a FX show about. That's that's when you yeah. know this mm-hmm. list is wrong. <laughs> um, Kafka on the Shore is on it though. You know, I'll give them that. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, Love in the Time of Cholera. I'd say yeah, absolutely. Middlesex. Yeah, I'll give them that too. Moby Dick. All right, yeah. I won't give them that. Um, Never Let Me Go. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I didn't love it. Um, I could let it go. <laughs> I will. I will send you the. And then, but then there's like a million books, not a million, a thousand uh, that I so like. I've never heard of the book, the author, or can even begin to guess what century that was written in. I'm sure, there's like, a lot of deep cuts on there where you're just wondering why and what hipster put this on the list. Well, literary critics made the list, so they're gonna have to do a little bit of. There's a little bit of, you know, let me put out the uh, my hot take kind of picks, you know, like what do I, 
mm. the, the the things I'm going to put that are going to generate some sort of controversy about book lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I um, I'll send it to you guys, and you can see how you do. But okay. until then, I guess tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you listen this long, make sure you uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Just round up to five stars. One for uh, each each star inside your subconscious. I don't know what we decided the interpretation was, but just fucking five stars. <laughs> or we'll trample you. <laughs> and find us on Goodreads where you can be yourself. You don't have to to like suppress your horrible insides. We'll accept you for who you are. <laughs> because we're friends on Goodreads. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.